The Chicago Bears have just fired their general manager, Ryan Pace, to go along with Matt Nagy. So Matt Nagy's out as the head coach. Ryan Pace is out. In the NFC North, the Bears have swept out their head coach and GM. Sayonara, sucker. Search team will consist of myself, Ted Phillips. No, God, please, no, 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 no. Ultimately, though, the decision on the next general manager and head coach will be mine. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. What did he say? I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. The Chicago Bears are hiring Kansas City Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as the next general manager. Chicago Bears hired Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as their head coach. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Go Bears! Welcome into Chi Town Sports Wrap Up. It's been a while. Uh, been busy, but we're back. And I'm back with a guest and a new co host, Trey Heinrich, my brother. Thanks for coming on, my man. And uh, yeah, we're here to the Bears. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on with the Bears. Um, you got two new, Ryan and Matt. Ryan and Matt are football guys. So uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are the Bears' new. GM and head coach, respectively. They'll have a press conference on Monday. And Trey, I mean, to be, I mean, I don't think me and you really even knew the GM candidates that well. Um, <laughs> uh, but the coaches, we had some opinions on. I mean, Eberflus wasn't really high on our list, but um, me and you were big Dable guys. And I mean, we'll just kind of discuss what we think about Poles and Eberflus. And I mean, just your initial thoughts on the two new guys for the Bears. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought it was just kind of an okay hire, not nothing too special. I mean, the more you look at it, Eberflus is really well-liked, but I mean, we saw this whole story with Nagy too. Everyone liked him. Same thing with Poles. A lot of people are saying they like him as well. The one thing about Poles I will say I like a lot is he really wants to have a good offensive line and defensive line, and our offensive line has been a huge issue in the past. Yeah, he's a f- former offensive lineman, played at Boston College, and the Bears actually signed him as an undrafted free agent um, about 10 years ago, and now it's full circle coming back with uh, the Bears. Is now he's, he's in charge of it, and just looking at his stops, I mean, he's been in Kansas City. I think that's kind of why he hasn't really been well-known around the league because he's just kind of stayed in one spot. So he's been last 13 years with Kansas City, started as a player personnel assistant in 2009, then went to college scouting administration in 2010, then just got college scouting coordinator um, in 13 to 16, director of college scouting in 2017, so he's kind of in charge of that whole scouting thing for the draft, assistant director player personnel 2018 through 2020, and then executive director of player personnel, and uh, our, our boy George, um, the football guy, said we are thrilled to have or we are thrilled to be able to add somebody of Ryan's background and football expertise to our organization. His accomplishments with the Chiefs speak for themselves and are amplified and have amplified the team standing as one of the premier franchises in professional sports. We are confident under his leadership we'll reach our goal of bringing a Super Bowl to Chicago. So, I mean, of course, they're just going to say the good stuff. Yeah, um, always do. Yeah, that's just always kind of like what happens when you get a new hire. Uh, I mean, I, we, I mean, it's hard to dive deep into what uh, we think, but I think a big thing is Poles has sticked out with three general managers in his time with the Chiefs. Normally you see uh, guys go in and out when there's a new administration. Uh, but yeah, I mean, college scouting, he knows 
offensive line, like you said. So I think that's a good start. And the way he went about the coaching decision seemed like it was good too. Yeah, it was. I mean, I will add too. I think it, he's worked under some really good guys with like Andy Reid and Chris Ballard, which I think is a really big thing. And then Eberflus with Frank Wright, who was pounding the table for him to get hired. But I did like how Ryan Poles just like he demanded. He's like, I'm going to Minnesota for the interview if you don't let me pick my coach fully, which Ryan Pace last time, the last GM, he he didn't get to choose. He had he was stuck with Fox, and that's what he was warned about. So it's good to see a GM that just wants to make this his own instead of just being pushed around by yeah. the owners. Yeah, yes. I mean, they basically forced John Fox on him and – I mean, you can't be taking orders from this guy. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I mean, they, they, me and you watched that press conference. It was just so bad. I was watching and trying to listen. We were just laughing at it yeah, the whole time. Yeah, listening to these guys, and it's it's just so stupid, and just the way that they go about all this stuff. So, I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, you got to give these two guys the benefit of the doubt, and like you said, him demanding like I need to be in control of the coaching church. That's a good step. Like we were both encouraged to to hear that like that's a big thing because he's kind of like i'm not gonna listen to you guys you know because i mean they're not football guys i mean they've they've said it before uh so and then what was it yeah yesterday it's been a long couple of days matt eberflus named the 17th head coach in franchise history and something i kept hearing like on the radio and through twitter is that this is the fifth coach mccarthy's had since 2011 since he took it over and they've only had 17 in franchise history that's I mean, you're the math. I can't even do the That's math. That's a terrible ratio. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really bad. They've been around for so long in five of the 17 and 10 years, 11 years. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't really have to be even a math guy to, to know that that's not a good ratio there. So he has the, the thing that I like is, I mean, me, we can debate this back and forth and we were, we were big on Dable. We were big on Flores. Uh, those were kind of our guys out of those final three finalists of Caldwell, um, Eberflus, excuse me, and uh, who's the third Dan one? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, exactly. And we were both like, all right, Dan Quinn, you know, he got a monster staff. He used to have Kyle Shanahan on his staff and a bunch of 49ers assistants that have gone on to do great things. Super Bowl, too. Yeah, and he, he took them to the Super Bowl in year two. Matt Ryan was MVP, and we thought he could make a monster staff, and then it's just like, all right, they're going to go with Eberflus, uh, the defensive guy, which, I mean, I was fine with them getting a defensive guy. I think you just need to get a good uh, leader. I mean, I would have wanted Dable, too, but, I mean, the offensive guys don't always mean you're going to have a good offense. I mean, look at Nagy and, like, Trussman were the last two, mm -hmm. so you just got to pick the right coach, and hopefully this is the right guy is what I'm hoping for. I don't really care which side of the ball it is. Exactly. That's I mean, that's kind of the mindset you have to go with, and it's not like – this is something Adam Hogue from MC Sports Chicago would say is like, he's a first time head coach, but he's coached for a while. He's 51, 30 years of coaching, 13 in the NFL, 17 at college. And he spent the last four seasons as the Colts defensive coordinator where he led them to be a top five defense. And they ranked in the top five. And when he came into the Colts, they were the 30th ranked defense. He's bolstered them up a lot of takeaways, but some concerning things for me is that they don't get to the quarterback they only had one double-digit sacker, Justin Houston, in 2019. And they blew some fourth-quarter leads this year. And they made Trevor Lawrence look pretty good in that last game with the playoffs on the line. That's all concerning. But, I mean, it is – I mean, stuff happens, you know, in the NFL. I mean, I will say about that Jaguars game, it was the offense which had three points, and they were putting pressure on the defense, and Carson Wentz was giving them bad field hand and hand, stuff yeah. like that. 
Yeah, so he, I mean, when you look at the statistics, Stephen Holder from The Athletic uh, was looking at what the Colts did. And I mean, they did just have, like I said, the one double digit sacks in four years. So that's something they have to fix. But they do have Roquan, or I mean, Roquan's supposed to be in the middle. They have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on the edge, and they're going to switch from a 3 4 to a 4 3. And that will make Mack and Quinn more hands down players. So they're just going to go after the quarterback, which would be good. Uh, and those guys should have no problem adjusting to it. Yep. And then when you're looking, I guess they play a lot of zone according to the sold uh, holder. And I mean, that's fine as long as you can play uh, really. I mean, as long as you play it well, I mean, you might as well play it. Yeah. Um, and then just looking through some of the stuff here. I mean, he generated a lot of interest. I mean, he was a couple of uh, finalists. Uh, he's finalist here. And was he in Denver too? He was one in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. He had a second That's meeting it. scheduled, but yeah. he didn't do it. Yeah. Cause George, George, the closer came to the airport. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The football fan. Um, but yeah, just kind of like, what do you, what do you think of Eberflus? What are you expecting? I mean, we'll, we'll get to the offensive coordinator in a second with some news coming out about who that might be. But what do you think? Just like initial thoughts. Like, what do you think? I think one thing that's going to be for sure is Ro- or Roquan Smith is going to be an absolute stud in the system. That's a good point. Darius Leonard's been really good in Indy. And you're going to see more like a Lovey Smith style defense because he came from like that kind of background. So you're going to see just a really good defense. Like the peanut punch, I heard it's going to be back. So you're going to see that. We're going to be a good defense again, but hopefully we can just get the OC right is what I'm thinking right now is the biggest thing. Yeah, the biggest thing is the o- OC at at the beginning of the day when, well, we woke up a little late yesterday. It was a little dark out, <laughs> um, but we woke up and he was already getting, like it came out that he was getting hired. And my notes was out, we're like, all right, you know, they've had a top 10 defense and it uh, seems like a pretty good leader. And uh, like you said, the Bears stuff connection, because he used to be with Rod Marinelli in Dallas and yep. Rod Marinelli was with Lovey Smith and they used the term luffs and like all the acronyms and all that stuff it's really like a big culture thing and ever since lovey left i mean we've seen like this defense like eddie jackson's like letting people run by him when and like they're not touching people on the ground and they do generate some takeaways but they kind of lost that culture um so that coming back will be really good i mean and they have some they have some really good guys on the defensive side of the ball to build around with jalen johnson and roquan smith and they still have Khalil Mack if he can stay healthy robert quinn's coming off one of the best seasons of his career uh, so it'll be interesting to see just how they fit schematically going from a four, three uh, or going from a three, four to a four, three, what that means for some of the big guys in the middle and um, Travis Gibson who had a good year, but just some of the concerns I had, like just listening around on the radio, hearing Dan Dockich on ESPN 1000. I mean, he's the basketball guy, yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> <laughs> but he has his own show in Indy and he follows the Colts with that. And he said he's happy he's gone. And is because it's interesting, like when coaches normally get hired, you'll just hear all the good stuff about him. You know, like Matt Navy gets hired. It's like Andy Reid's talking about how good of a guy he is. And then we just find <laughs> out he's just stubborn and doesn't want to change his offense. And then four years later, he's out. And I mean, Matt Nagy was a good guy, but he just didn't do his job right. So it's interesting to hear somebody go at him. And something interesting I thought, and it's kind of concerning, is that they blew four fourth quarter leads last year and they're 29th in total defense in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, we've seen that here with the Bears. Like, they'll be solid and they give up that one drive, the Eagles game, the Lions game. Um, that's one thing I have concerned. But, I mean, you kind of just got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't he has even worked yet. Yeah, he hasn't. And, I mean, their numbers were good. That's It's concerning. You just got to hope that they can clean it up and with the new system and new staff that they'll be better with that. And then you just got to hope that we have a good offense that can help them out in the fourth, too. 
I mean, yeah, it's a lot of hoping, especially in Chicago, like just trying to um, figure that stuff out, you know, with I mean, I feel like we've been looking for a quarterback. I mean, since we've been alive, you know, I mean, we haven't been alive that long, but I mean, it's still almost 20 years for both of us. Just Jay Cutler's our guy. Yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler's been the best one we've had. I mean, my best Bears memories, uh, the Super Bowl when Devin Hester took it back and then the only thing I remember from the Super Bowl is that and Peyton Manning throwing a touchdown and then me sitting under a blanket with my jersey because I didn't want to go to school the next day. <laughs> so that's that's the best Bears moment I have and them going to that uh, Super Bowl. And then they haven't really been that close since. I mean, the one year they made it with Jay Cutler, the NFC Championship game, and then he got hurt. And then that was all the controversy. But, I mean, this is I mean, you just look at the city. and the, Like, the city deserves a winner because, I mean, you remember 2018. I mean, nothing was better than the Bears. Oh, yeah. Everyone the, was rallying around the team. Exactly. I mean, the Bears are the biggest team in town. I mean, the Cubs won the World Series. That was huge. The Bulls dynasty. But everybody remembers the 85 Bears. I mean, we were, we I mean, I was it. negative 12 and you're like negative, like, I don't even know, four, <laughs> 17 or something. So, I mean, we never got to, got to see that. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know if he's the guy. It's hard to see. I mean, I like what I've seen from polls and him taking over the, the coaching search even though it is a little weird that Iberflus had a second interview already scheduled before he even got hired i mean there's there you can question a lot of stuff and the bears deserve to be questioned but it's two new guys and i think you just kind of got to see what they do and if it doesn't work out then you just go back to the top with george and ted and like just what they're doing there yeah and i mean they're not getting any younger either so you don't know how many more years they got. yeah what do you say they said spring chicken or whatever i don't know <laughs> and it, it is funny i mean you can't not hire people because their names are the same ryan and matt yeah but it's just funny they go back to ryan and matt and you're it's just gotta hope. be the first time in nfl history that's happened <laughs> i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised and that, that would be something the bears do but he starts so they got the press conference on monday and you were saying that's that is because they are getting their coaching staff together and you found some of the defensive guys that they got. And then we'll get into the news of the, uh, maybe the new offensive coordinator. Yeah. So he refused, he's going to bring in a few of his Colts assistants, cornerbacks, coach James Rowe and linebackers coach Dave Bergosi. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But they're both, they both seem like good coaches. I mean, just look at like Darius Leonard and then our guy, Anthony Walker developing there. Yeah. A walk, baby, the franchise. So I mean, it'll help them run the defense. Cause you got three guys that know what the defense is going to look like instead of just like how Nagy came in and it was just him. Did they say who the coordinator is? Is it to be defensive coordinator? Or it's just they said they're bringing up. They just said that they're coming. They don't. They okay. don't have that finalized. I would assume my guess would be Borgonzi, the linebackers coach. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's my. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So that's an, that's encouraging. He's already got two of his assistants. I mean, they'll all take their own spin on it. But the fact that he turned a defense that was ranked 30th in the NFL in both scoring and total defense in 2017. And he turned it around in one year to the 10th in scoring 11th in yards in that first year. And I mean, you look at the Colts. I mean, they've they've drafted pretty well um, from the outside. I mean, Dockage was saying some things like, why were they drafting a guard six overall? And they've, they've passed on like Debo Samuel and AJ Brown. Um, and then Andrew Lux retiring. And then the, they have Carson Wentz now. So like, some people and they haven't really done had success in the playoffs, but I mean, you look at their offensive line. I mean, the bears would kill for an offensive line. Like oh that. yeah. Can you imagine if fields actually had time to throw after this year? Exactly. And then that's going to be the big key now. So like, and that's what I'm probably going to be most interested in, in the press conference on 
Monday is what is he what is he going to say about the quarterback? Number one, I mean, he was at the Bulls game, chopping up with Zach Levine and Tamar DeRozan, and doing some jersey exchanges. But what's going to be the plan for Justin Fields? And apparently, according to Tom uh, Silverstein on Twitter, um, he's a Packers reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He said that according to a source, Bears our Packers quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Luke Getze. Uh, has an offer to be the new offensive coordinator under Bears new coach Matt Everflus. If he job wants, if he wants the job, it's his. And the benefit would be because Nathaniel Hackett left for the Denver because he was the offensive coordinator. But Matt Lafleur calls the plays. Yep. So the benefit would be that he would have full autonomy over the offensive for the for the Bears because Everflus is a defensive coach, so he kind of let uh, Getzey do whatever he wants. So we have a front runner there, it looks like, and this has just been in the last hour. And if he wants it, he gets it, I guess. And he leave, yeah, like. we leave he leave uh that gross place in Wisconsin, Green Bay for <laughs> Chicago. I mean, not even a biasly. I mean, it would be an upgrade for him because he would actually get the call plays. Even exactly. if he was the OC in Green Bay, he wouldn't be calling plays. Yeah, because LaFer Lafer calls plays and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in Green Bay. I mean, for me looking at the coaching staff like Hackett and LaFour, um, and now Getze, I mean, I, it, I, I can't act like I haven't known Getze the whole time he's been there, you yeah. know. But just hearing about him in the last couple months, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers things, but how much of that is Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things and making you look good and or how much of that is that you're a good coach. But I mean, even working with Aaron Rodgers and finding success there, it's encouraging to have like on your resume that Aaron Rodgers is winning some MVPs around you. Now they have struggled in the playoffs, only scoring what was it, thirteen points in that playoff game or ten points in that playoff game against the 49ers. I think it was 10. 10. Yeah. yeah 10. So and that's like and that's in Lambo, that's Packer weather, you know, the Midwest weather, and they're only able to score ten points, but a lot of people should be lined up for this job. Well, not just that. I mean, he's he's got that resume, but he's highly thought of because he had a head coaching interview with Denver in this job cycle, which is interesting. And but that, but they're also linked to Rogers, Denver, who, Denver. Yeah, so like yeah. they're that could, they're thinking that could be a potential landing spot before this season, and then they get Hackett and Getzy. But I mean, a lot of guys have been getting head coaching interviews. I mean, I mean yeah, a lot of guys are just kind of like, well, well, you know what, what's going on there. But I mean, it is. It, I mean, he is high thought of. You're right. He's young too. He's in his like late thirties, I believe. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think he's like 38 and I think that's good. Cause I mean, get a young gun. Don't get an older guy. And what I'm seeing too, is that they're still going to talk to pep Hamilton who's with Houston right now. I love that. And there's talking about pairing those two together, which that was my biggest fear with Eberflus is even if they nail the offensive coordinator hire, they're just going to leave in a few years. If like fields becomes a stud, cause if someone can get a quarterback to play good here, they're going to get a head coaching job elsewhere. Oh yeah. So I would love that duo because let's say they, they go off and Getsy becomes a great coordinator and goes to be a head coach. Then you could just step pep up as the OC and nothing changes. Exactly. Um, and then, then, yeah, there's a job like rumors today that he, pep Hamilton was going to interview for it, but I do love, I do love that pair. And, um, I mean, you just look and see what, uh, Pep Hamilton did in in Houston last year. Uh, he was was he the OC there? He was the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Okay, and then 
you look what happens. They get the middle finger with uh, what happens with Deshaun Watson. I mean, just terrible stuff with him off the but field. But make Davis Mills look like a decent quarterback. And I was just going to get, they get Davis Mills in there. And this guy's a third round, third round pick. And he was maybe the second best rookie in the NFL behind Mac Jones. And, yeah, he, and he was putting up better numbers than the Mac daddy out Plus there. That roster England. sucked. And that roster stinks. I mean, they had, he was throwing to me and you out there and he <laughs> threw for like 2,600 yards, uh, like five or I don't know. He had a stretch down the end of the season where he was going like 12 touchdowns, three picks or something. But this guy had like, I think he had three or four games over like 250 yards passing and Justin Fields had like one or something. Well, Houston was like middle of the pack. I want to remember in scoring points. They were like 15th ish. And that's embarrassing because <laughs> the bear, like the, the bears have more talent than that. I'm going to look up uh Davis Mills stats here, but that's, I think, I mean, you sent that tweet from that guy. Uh, I think his name is Jacob Infante covers the bears. And he's like, that would be a match made in heaven. If they get Luke Getze yep. as the quarterback coach or Luke, as the offensive coordinator, excuse me. And Pep Hamilton as the, uh, quarterback be the same coach. role quarterbacks and passing game. I, I will say too, about Pep is last year he was with the chargers and he was the quarterbacks coach for Herbert. So I don't know how much credit you give him for that, but I like seeing that guy. too. That's your guy. It is my guy fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who? I mean, why wouldn't you want Justin Herbert to be your guy? But looking at this here for Mr. Mills, thirteen games, eleven starts, threw for twenty six hundred yards. That's probably more than Fields. He had tw- sixteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. But he did go on that streak at the end of the year. Uh, let me take a look at this in the last couple games of the year. You look at he once he took over in week thirteen. He went two games with. Oh, wait, that's sacks. Here we go. He had in the last one, two, three, four, five, six games of the year. He had two interceptions in those in those games. So eight of his interceptions came before that. And then I can't I can't do math Um, (laughs) Four, six, eight, nine. So he went nine and two with touchdown interception ratio in those games and his quarterback ratings were 52. And that was a 31 to nothing loss to the Colts. But then he had 92, 93.2, 92.2, 130.6 against the Chargers. We went 21 of 27 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. A 75 rating against the 49ers and then a 128 and a half rating. Three tutties, no interceptions in the last week of the season against the Titans. So if he's going to take a guy like Davis Mills, who was the number one recruit in his quarterback class with our boy, Hunter Johnson. He says better than Hunter Johnson. Um, go cats. Um, you go get cats. a lot of, you get a lot of that. Um, and he just had a lot of injuries at Stanford. Didn't really play that well and drops to a third round pick and he gets it out of it with the Texans. So you look at pep, that's good. That's good. Uh, juju there. And then you have Getsy with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and, Let's see what we could do with the young quarterback. And it's a good mix because Getsy's like a young and up and coming guy. While you get Pep, who's been in the league for who knows how long, like 20 years, it looks like on here. Yeah. That's a lot of coaching experience, college and pros. And he was the DC Defenders head coach and GM in 2020, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. He also has a, a quarterback coaching experience with the Bears back in 07, 09. So he'd be coming back. So you know little, they love that up little, there. Yeah. A little full circle, a little full circle. Um, but I mean, he's coached a lot of other places, like you said. The defenders, he's with the Chargers. That's a great thing um, that you brought up with the Chargers. But the Browns, I mean, yeah, I mean, Colts with the luck with Andrew Luck in his prime. There you go, there you go. So I mean, 
those two would be really good. Um, but you know, uh, so it seems like they're moving towards Getsy if that doesn't fall through. Um, Adam Hogue from NBC Sports Chicago did some interest. Uh, did an article about some names to look at for offensive coordinator. And of course, our guy, <laughs> Mike Kafka, former Cats quarterback. He's a rising star in the NFL, and he's the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Matt Nagy has ruined that uh, going back there for us permanently, but a lot of people like Kafka. I mean, we might be biased as Northwestern guys, but he seems like a great up and coming guy. He might be a guy that would just come be the coordinator. If it works out, he might get a coaching job in a year or two. But yeah, they keep talking about how he's going to be flying up the ranks. And I mean, I would take it. I would take one year um, if he turns Justin Fields around and they have a solid passing game coordinator um, with Kafka. That's maybe like a younger guy or maybe Pep gets that job um, and then he can move to offensive coordinator. But if you can get Justin Fields right. I mean, you look at Herbert, he has a whole new coaching staff, defensive minded head coach. Yep. And he had a good year this year. I mean, they didn't win games like, but he still had a good year. I mean, that last game, the dude's freaking <laughs> going off in that was. last game, leading them back. They just weren't able to get it uh, out in overtime, but I would take one year. I go for a younger guy and take the one year and the risk of losing him. Cause that means maybe you did something right. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves, the division's wide open. Definitely. I mean, I still think it would probably be between the Vikings and Bears, but our schedule is going to be really easy next year if you haven't checked. Oh it out. yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That home slate stinks too. Like it's nothing, <laughs> nothing that good. So yeah, this this year's schedule is brutal. I mean, every other year or every other game was on the road. They're playing uh, a lot, a lot of really good. Like the Bucks, the started with the Rams. Uh, they played the NFC, the NFC West in one of their better years. Uh, yeah, they were all good except for like Seattle, which is shocking. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, a little easier schedule. So we'll see what um, the Bears can do. The press conference is Monday for Eberflus and Poles. Uh, we'll try to get something up next week reacting to that. But the Bear, and you're looking at the Bears, man. We'll see what they do. Um, George and Ted are still up there and pulling strings, making unfortunately de making decisions. Yeah, it's not the best thing, um, but you got to give these two the benefit of the doubt. That's what we're gonna do. And we've heard good things about Eberflus. We've heard concerning things about Eberflus. So I mean, we just gotta see what he can do when he gets there. Just gotta hope for the best. That's all you can do as a Bears. You gotta feel. You gotta luck into it, baby. That's just that's just how it goes. We're young guys, but we know you got you gotta luck into it. But we're gonna switch gears. Talk about the team that's been good. When they redid the whole front office, look what happens. Chicago Bulls, top teams in the East fighting for the top. And one of their major accusations, getting some accolades. And here are your starters in the backcourt. From the Chicago Bulls. There we go. DeMar DeRozan. Oh, come and on. From the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Those are your East backcourt starters. And DeRozan. What a season for the 30 and 17 Bulls. His first All-Star selection since 18, his fifth overall. 26, 5 and 5, shooting 50%. 12 games of at least 30 points for DeMar DeRozan and the team that's number two by just a hair behind Miami in the Eastern Conference.
Yeah, baby. DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> all-star starter. Zach Levine just missed out. Um, we'll get into that. And you, I mean, that song just gives you chills, makes you makes you get going a little bit there. It's the blood pumping. Yeah, makes you want to run through a wall. But DeMar DeRozan, fifth all-star selection, first since 2018. He is heading back to the all-star game, starting for the Eastern Conference alongside Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is hurt. He is. So he's not going to make the all-star game, but he uh, he's the captain, right? He is a captain. Yeah. Katie versus LeBron. <laughs> yeah. And I think a couple of years ago, he was the captain. He was hurt. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Two years ago, maybe. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, I mean, well-deserved looking at him. I mean, the marvelous, the MVP. I mean, <laughs> quickly becoming a, a fan favorite here. And, I mean, this is better than anything anybody would have thought coming into this. Definitely a dream scenario. Becoming... Honestly, just even being talked about in the MVP, he's probably not going to win it. But even if he just finishes in the top 10, that's just a huge W for AK and Mark. Huge W. Age 32 season, started 43 games this year, playing 34 minutes a game. It's a lot for a guy in his 32-year season. Shooting 49% from the floor, 32 from three. That's up near his career high. He thought he shot 33%. In 2015, 16, another year he was an all-star. And, yeah, averaging 26 points a game on the season. And he's just been clutch back-to-back double or buzzer beaters to start the to end the year and to begin the year. I mean, he's just been really, really good. That game in Orlando that they lost, I mean, literally had no help. And they finally got Zach Levine back, dropping 41 and just the way his effect has been on this team with IO and Zach and him coming in with that veteran leadership, just another guy to take the pressure off Zach and score. And that mid range jumper is just something that doesn't happen a lot in the NBA. And it's just so sweet to watch. It definitely is. I like the comparison with uh, Phoenix where Chris Paul is like the veteran that comes in to help Devin Booker win. Obviously, they're both like really different kind of players, but just yeah. the veteran leadership has just been huge for both of those two guys. When you get like a, a veteran like that to believe in like a young team like that, and you can see what happens with Phoenix. Like they just a wacky year last year. They shoot into the finals, had a really good chance to beat the bucks. I lost money on that, unfortunately, um, <laughs> but uh, I really like that. really like what the Suns did. And then you just, you just look at what the bulls did getting to Mark getting Lonzo to build around Zach training for Vooch last year. And this is a pro Vooch podcast. It is a pro Vooch pro podcast. Vooch podcast. <laughs> There's no, I mean, people are saying trade him. Who are we going to get? That's better than him. No one. He's top 10 in double doubles. I know double doubles don't mean what they mean anymore, but he had a, he had a big shot yesterday. He did. Yeah. You can't find a better, like really passing big. I mean, there's probably a couple, but he's definitely in I mean, like, Jokic the, is the best. He's um, not the best, but he's in the top tier. Jok- Jokic is the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vooch does a lot of things really well. Uh, he's having a down year shooting, um, but that'll had, come. I yeah, think that'll come. I, I agree. He had a big shot last uh, last game. He had a good shooting night last time, and he's he's adapting to a new role. He's used to be on a garbage Orlando team that somehow <laughs> sneaks into the AC in the playoffs every other year or whatever. Oh, and he's the third option. He's the third option. He was he's getting like twenty five shots a game, put up thirty and fifteen or whatever. Um, and then he was with Zach last year. He was pretty good when it was just him and Zach. 
It and was. They didn't get to play a lot together though, because Zach got COVID at the end, which kind of blew their chances to make the play in. But yeah, uh, but they weren't playing that good either, either way. But you get Vooch. He's learning how to be the third option. I mean, Zach. I mean, it's really rare to see a seamless transition with Zach and Demar pretty much the whole year. How yeah, we just, were lucky with that. I was going to give him to like the All Star break to get that together, but like you know, just give Vooch a few more weeks, and I think he's already looking better now. So yeah, and. He's good in that screen and roll, and uh, Lonzo and Caruso have been really big, and those injuries hurt um, that they're out for that long. Derek Jones Jr. is out. I mean, just I'm sick of seeing six to eight weeks. Yeah. It's just every time it's like some Bulls guy tweets at six to eight weeks, and they're out, and you just, just a part of me dies inside a little bit. <laughs> but we should get those guys back before the playoffs, and that's just the big thing. You that's know? all that really matters at yeah, this point. Yeah, and they just got to keep their head above water. I mean... We were looking at them being maybe like a one seed. Now that's probably not going to happen. They just kind of got to stay out of that play in tournament. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see him get home court, though, in the first round. I think that would be pretty big getting to the top four. But I think Patrick Williams is the big wild card with this team if he can come back for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick. And there's optimism that he'll come back before the playoffs. And I mean, if they can get fully loaded and stay out of that, like get like a four seed. Yeah. That'd be good. If they could have got the one seed and avoided Milwaukee or in Brooklyn in the second round, that would have been ideal. Um, but right now you kind of just got to temper your expectations, which is nice to say with the Bulls, you got to temper your expectations because of the injuries. But we'll get back to this all-star game debate here. And Zach Levine just missing out on the starter. You think he should have been a starter. I mean, I think he should have been a starter. But we got we got guys in the national media now on the Bulls hype train. And Charles Barkley was kind of upset that it's he good wasn't. to see he, Zach Levine wasn't a starter. I'm not okay. gonna, I like Trey a lot, but I thought it should have been Zach Levine. I thought the Bulls. Two Bulls? I thought two Bulls. I mean, no disrespect. The Hawks are the 12th seed. But I thought Levine and DeMar DeRozan should have been a starting backcourt, in my opinion. I like Trey. Not trying to hate on him, but just my personal opinion. So Charles Barkley, with a lot of Chicago, I mean, I was okay with Trey Young starting. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, we you, were. you were pretty mad. Yeah, um, I was. That DeMar, or that Trey got the the nod over Zach Levine. Uh, I mean, they both were going to make the all-star team. I'm fine with Trey Young getting it. But you did bring up a good point. Charles brought that up. The big thing with Zach when he wasn't getting the all-star game until last year was he's on a bad team. Yeah, he's like an empty stats. And I'm not saying Trey Young is. I'm just saying they were like, winning's the big thing. You have to be a good player and be on a winning team. And you look at the Bulls, they're like the story of the league. So, And the Hawks are just fading. So I just thought Levine should have been in. Plus, you look back... A few years ago, the example I said was Kyle Lowry with right. Zach Levine right. when the Raptors were good. Was yeah, that was that their championship year? The Raptors? It might have been. Yeah. Kyle Lowry. I mean, he made a couple all star teams. I mean, Kyle Lowry's a good player, a really good player. I mean, stats don't show what he does too. That's a good point. But um but yeah, I mean the winning I mean, you look the one year the uh the Atlanta Hawks were the one seed and they had like uh Kyle Corver and Jeff T. And they and, have four all stars. Yeah, they had four, four four all stars. You, you know, all those guys. And and then LeBron just got him out of there in like four games in the yeah. playoffs. But you see what happens with winning teams. I mean, these guys make the all star team. So that's why I mean, there's there's reason to be upset that Zach didn't get in. Yeah. And I mean, I wanted him to get in. It would have been cool to have DeMar and Zach. And, I mean, you, you look what they've done with the turnaround with the Bulls. They're the big reason why. They're both in the MVP conversation. I mean, Zach was, and then he got hurt in COVID protocols, and he kind of fell off a little bit. But when you look at the season he's having, his numbers are kind of similar, but his efficiency is way up. 
from Demar or just Zach's from Zach, last year? Zach, this from from years past to now. Well, yeah, because he's not taking like as many shots. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to try to put the team on his back anymore. Right, right. And he, I mean, he would just. I mean, the thing I love Zach. I'm a big Zach guy. You know so that. am I. Um, ever since they got him, I've been a big Zach guy. We, me, and you were the only were few, the few of the guys that when they signed him to that four year. Was it 79? I think it was 76. 76. I mean, that's just a freaking steal when you're looking back at it. 19 and a year. I remember we were we were in Galena sitting by the pool and we're just like, I like there was like a day after they he signed the sheet with Sacramento because he's a restricted free agent. We're just like, <laughs> they got to sign this guy. And then we finally saw on Twitter that they decided that they, they matched it. And we're just like, phew, you yeah. know, like. Because if they didn't keep him, man, that that they Jimmy Butler sucked. trade looks <laughs> looks even worse now. Because Chris Dunn is like out of the league. Markin is de- being decent on Cleveland. He just got um, hurt too. He did get hurt the other day, but he wasn't getting it done in Chicago. And then you let Zach go after that half year. You're just like you got nothing for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> there but was now, no risk either because they had no one good on that roster. At no, that none, nobody. Um, and you had to, he was young. He was like 20, 23 or so. Yeah. Um, and now he's still in that prime of his career and. Yeah, he he doesn't have to take those bad shots, but like I was getting the point I was getting to is that I I love Zach Levine everything he does, but he does take bad shots because he's a bad shot maker. That's just kind of what he does. And in years past, that really get him into trouble because he's the only guy that could have scored, you know, to get him. Yeah, he was playing with no one. Get him to win number fifteen in March, you know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but now he's got Demar and Fuchs, Lonzo when he's healthy, um, Io. Just the way that they've been going with that. Caruso. Caruso. Um, all these guys. Our boy Javante Green. Yeah. I mean, that guy's just a hooper. Um, energy guy getting the rebounds. So he's got all these guys around him. And then he's got the scores like DeRozan, Lonzo, or Vooch if needed. DeRozan and helps a lot because he knows how to shoot at the end of games. Exactly. So you have two closers. And then Zach just taking better shots. And he's really good off the ball, the catching through threes. And um, he's been playing really good on the defensive end and stepped that up. So I think that warranted his starting spot. I mean, he's going to be there. Um, no, he'll probably be the top one like that got voted in. Reserve. The yeah. Yeah. Um, he'll probably be there and or not probably. I mean, he's going to be there um, unless something crazy happens. Then we'll have an emergency <laughs> emergency podcast and go curse out whoever was in charge of that crap. But um, yeah, he'll be there and he deserves it. Um Loki Vooch could maybe sneak in there because he he's, he's averaging a double double, top ten in the NBA in double doubles. That uh, just depends on what the coaches are looking for. Um, I mean, the front court's pretty loaded in the East, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good guys, especially when you're looking at um, some guys in Cleveland like Darius Garland's having an All Star year. I mean, they're a top four team. They deserve to get one guy, I would say, because when you have a good season like that, you deserve to get a guy, and they have a few guys that could. Exactly. So, I mean, you're looking at guys like that. I mean, Miami's probably going to get, like, Butler in, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Vooch sneaks his way in, but Bulls definitely getting two all-stars, and then you have three all-star caliber players. Uh, But looking at, I mean, the Bulls just got to start. I mean, their schedule was brutal when they were going through those... um, Injury problems. Their schedule is just absolutely brutal. It's lightened up a lot now, yeah. though. So, light lightened up here for um, the Bulls, which is nice. Uh, they got Sacramento or San Antonio tonight. Tomorrow revenge. That's right. Tomorrow revenge. Um, in Sacramento tonight. Or, I don't know why I keep saying Sacramento. San Antonio on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Um, so yeah, so they gotta they gotta win against Toronto. Um, 
I mean, you can just see that their starting lineup's still really good. With yeah, Io and Zach and Demar and Javante's back and Vooch. It's just when the bench comes in, you're just like, <laughs> who are these guys? Yeah. I mean, they just you, that's just what happens, you know, when you have all these injuries. Um, but it could help them come playoff time because now we know we got a guy in Io, which probably would have never happened with for these injuries. Exactly. I mean, io has been a really big piece. Um, just what a what a snag in the second round, getting him starting at point guard. Um, even for an Illinois guy, I mean, he's just a, he's just a hooper. <laughs> Sorry, the bias is going to come out. The bias is going to come out. But I mean, what he's done is great. Um, and I mean, it's really been a lifesaver that he's been on this team, the way he can defend um, off the bench with Caruso when Lonzo's here. But then it's stepping in the starting lineup and him taking guys on like Trey Young, like Jason Tatum, those guys uh, really guarding him well. And they're going to play Portland on Sunday. Uh, at home and then they have a, another game trying to get back at Orlando after a loss there and then next week they're going to Toronto and Indiana and then next a week from Sunday they're playing the Sixers that'll be a big game and but, the Suns back to back which is an and, the Sun, and the Suns back to back look at that wow that is a brutal little turnaround right before there the trade deadline right there right before the trade deadline we'll get into the trade deadline but me and you are going to Indy we to are. see the Bulls and the Pacers so that should be fun we had a uh Good time in Milwaukee. Um, those fans don't know basketball very well. I'm sorry I have to say that. Uh, you can see I, it on Twitter, too. So. <laughs> on the Caruso. Uh, um, I mean, I don't like being mean to people, but I mean, you're just looking at the Caruso injury. There's guys around us saying it's a jump ball, and it's just like, how in the world can you think that's a jump <laughs> ball? Uh, people are saying it's clean. Chris Milton saying it's a good hard foul. It's just like you're just kind of wondering what's going on here. So. What day is that? March fourth. They're coming to UC. Yeah, it's something like that. that that's gonna it. be that's gonna be a fun game. You know, that's, yeah, March fourth, six thirty on ESPN. Oh, ESPN again. Okay, so Grayson Allen's gonna get the booze, um, hopefully, and I mean, probably not. Hopefully, I mean, it's gonna happen. Um, just that Caruso injury really, really hurts, and the fact that he got one game and the Bucks didn't even say anything about. We hope Caruso, wish Caruso a good recovery. Um, then said they just said we completely disagree with it and look forward to him coming back to, on Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, they just the sparking a little rivalry. We're going to get hopefully get a lot of our guys back for that stretch run. And if we see them in the playoffs, that'll be a fun. Series. That would be a great series. Just the how close the two teams are, how good they are and how many fans there are. It'd be great. And it was it was like a Cubs Brewers game up there. You know, I mean, the Bulls fans were strong. Yeah, in Milwaukee, were. not as strong as a, a Cubs game, you no. know, uh, but they were strong. They were louder. They, they were, were louder. There's probably like what 30 35 percent Bulls fans. Yeah. You think? But they're louder. I'd say forty. But they're definitely louder. Um, so that'd be really fun to have that with those guys. But um, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep tabs on that. Um, but yeah, Trey, welcome to the pod. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for coming. It'll be we'll have some fun here. You know, um, and we'll be following the Bulls, the Bears, get press conference reaction, Bulls trade deadline reaction. But um, Trey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we will be back hopefully sometime next week. Um, but we talk about the Bears and the Bulls. Follow us on Twitter, me at Jack Heinrich22. Oh, Trey doesn't Trey Trey's looking for the trying to remember his at. Um I think I know what it is, but here. I still want to say the wrong one. But yeah. Follow me at Jack Heinrich22. Um and at Trey H99. Perfect. Trey H99. So yeah, it's a live recording. That's just how it goes sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's all from us. We'll see you guys later and we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a good one. See you later. Fade to black moment. Enough already. It's over.